This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! The manly, manly warthog man cave in the really piney woods of north-central Florida, God's country, but they're burning up. I mean, crying out loud. I hope we get some rain. We haven't gotten anything. I don't understand these climate change believers because they can't even predict the weather from hour to hour locally. How can they predict it in infinity? I, I have no clue. Maybe you can tell me. Anyway, we are here in the Melon Law Studio, protected by crime prevention, 24 365 and brought to you by all the great sponsors you see on our list and the people who contribute to us. We appreciate them immensely. And, of course, uh, we uh, try to keep you honestly engaged with what we see as the issues that might be of interest. And But it's a big classroom. It really is. I'm just a professor. I'm presenting material to you, and, and you can pass the test, fail the test, or take notes, whatever you need to do. Uh, the test ultimately will be whether you can uh, take what we talk about and make a course correction if you see it necessary. You know, you talk about course corrections. The title of today's show is The Cast of Characters. There's a cast of characters, if you sit in the seat I sit in, that seem to surface, and some of them reinvent themselves quite successfully and land on their feet after they stumbled, and uh, others are trying to trip those and make them look bad, and sometimes they succeed, and and then sometimes the uh, tables are turned and those who try to do the tripping get tripped. And, you know, that's kind of the way I see what's going on with the cast of characters. And you realize, I know you do probably, the bullet we dodged when Andrew Gillum uh, did not become, well, you know what, the governor of the state of Florida. I'm going to talk a moment about that, um, really, uh, if you can see, I'm going to try to find my chats here real quickly. I never can get that done for some reason. Uh, it takes me a while to do it, and I may not be able to do it right now without interrupting my conversation with you. Uh, let me try one more thing here. Mm, I don't know if I will ever get this figured out how to do the current show as I can watch the chats not happening. Um, anyway, if you're chatting with me, I can't see you right now, and I'll try to see you without interrupting uh, what I'm talking about. But um, I wish I had a shortcut or a way to do this or somebody smarter than I could um, tell me where I'm going wrong here. Oh, my golly, I going wrong can't be possible. Cannot be possible. Um, 
Evidently it is. I don't see it here. And you must be watching it somewhere, I know. Um, well, well, well. I'll just have to fiddle with it some other time. So, cast of characters. Andrew Gillen. Incredible. Just incredible. That he came that close to being the what? The governor. And the, the problem is that the Ward Scottfields knew all the files knew all along what was going on in Tallahassee with him. Uh, our contacts were telling us that this guy who has been the mayor of Tallahassee has just been as crooked as a dog's hind leg. And he's being watched right now. And you wait and see. It's all going to come out. And, uh, you know, hang on your hat. And so you're going to be imminent. And it's not one another. In spite of that, I've never have quite recovered from this. Nor do I think she can recover from it. Sadie Darnell, who was our sheriff at that time. Well, she's a Democrat. Gillum's a Democrat. I get it. But Gillum's a criminal. And the sheriff endorses. And furthermore, the sheriff, while sheriff walks in a Black Lives Matter parade, and the Black Lives Matter hate the cops. You know, you have to realize that Gillum and Christopher Chestnut are childhood buddies, and Mama Chestnut, Cynthia Chestnut, is the godmother, as I understand it, of Andrew Gillum. And Christopher Chestnut's been permanently disbarred. You know, but that cast of characters, some of them land on their feet again. I don't think you could ever knock them off their feet. Cynthia Chestnut, uh, Chuck Chestnut, I like them. You know, they're nice to me. But I used to, they're, they're, they're like bowling pins you can't knock down. You know, they'll be in public office forever. Chuck and his mama sent you. So I guess it was reasonable to assume among the Democrat herd that was no reason to expect that Gillum wouldn't be the same thing. I mean, after all, he grew up in the backyard of Mama Chestnut. And he's black. He fits the formula for the Democrats who are woke. And the guy's trial starts today. And he's in deep water. Furthermore, he gets photographed in a, this a family show. So we can't show you the photograph and we can't talk exactly about what was going on. He gets photographed with a boy toy in South Beach, Miami, somewhere down there where, I mean, come on. I mean, if you go down there, you need to, take a good shower and you come out of there. So it's uh, very interesting that nobody seemed to catch on to what was going on. And um, he almost became the governor. I don't know if you can lie awake at night long enough Pardon me, I'm still watching, trying to figure out where I am on here. I don't know if you can lie awake long enough at night and um, think of how Florida would have been different if he'd been the governor. Now, they got Trump in a kangaroo court, his political enemies, cast of characters, 
Fat Jerry Nadler and Pencil Neck um, Schiff, terrible people, promoted all the lies about Trump all the way through his presidency, provoked the impeachment stuff. Can you imagine there, if Gillum had been the governor, and there had been this trial now taking place, it had been, been unbelievable. I mean, it would have cast Florida. And here they are, you know, the cast of characters. They're trying to knock down DeSantis, his critics. I'm going to get into that in a minute. But contrast that with what Florida would have been like with DeSantis. I mean, with um, Gillum. And I don't want to pour over all the lurid details about Gillum. But you run out of fingers and toes when you do it. So his trial starts today. We'll, we'll uh, keep an eye on it. We've been keeping an eye on it. Our investigator, instigator, knows this issue very well, was the one who supplied a lot of information, if I might say so, uh, on uh, the uh, matter to people who were seeking information. So... We've been locked in on this for quite a while. And the wheels of justice, if you want to call it justice, uh, creep pretty slowly, don't they? I mean, it's taken this long to uh, bring this stuff out. Let's see if I can pick it up this way. Oh, I finally got it. Somebody endorsed me. Let's see who's looking. Hello, Larry. Ray Stern, Doug Whitaker from Mexico. I'm looking at now what we got going on here. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um so that's where we are in Florida. And, you know, you don't see it, do you, all over the liberal press? You see the stuff about Trump all over the liberal press. You see the stuff about DeSantis all over the liberal press. I think you're going to have to hunt on the back pages for this stuff with uh, with our, with our guy here. This is not going to come out easily. So keep it in your mind. Keep your eye on it. We'll cover it for you. And uh, that character and the cast of characters is a big play. You know, what did Shakespeare say? Uh, uh, life's a stage and we all have a part. And uh, in the story is full of sound and fury signifying nothing. Uh, one of the great lines and all the great lines he wrote. And um, here we are. We got another act in the play. Meanwhile, I've been looking at how the press has been treating DeSantis, of course. And, well, you can guess. I mean, you can, you can figure this out kind of yourself. But this is a real detailed kind of attack, if you will, <coughs> by the Washington Post. Now, the Washington Post is another one of those very liberal publications, along with ProPublica, which is a liberal publication uh, trying to attack uh, Thomas and um, Supreme Court Justice Thomas. So I took a look at what the Washington Post had to say about DeSantis. They say nothing, of course, about Gillum. And, of course, they have already got DeSantis doing whatever he's doing 
because it's all bringing him to gear up for a presidential run. They're already, the press is already making him a presidential candidate without him even ever having said he's a presidential candidate. So this is how the Washington Post um, turns out its press on this, beginning, Governor Ron DeSantis wants to make America Florida. Okay. That's their theme going into what follows. Governor Ron DeSantis wants to make America Florida. So now they're going to take a look at what DeSantis is doing to Florida. And of course, they're going to cast a disparaging eye on it. And therefore, suggest that he's going to do the same thing to America. It's really the other way around, isn't it? America came to Florida. It's not that DeSantis wants to make America Florida. DeSantis wants to keep Florida from becoming America. Let's rewrite the headline. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis wants to keep Florida from becoming America. You see the difference? You see the difference? Then they proceed to go off the yellow, down the yellow brick road talking about the issues they think and what do you think the number one issue is? Well, you got it. Education. Now, what do you think the number one issue is in the topic of education? Is it about two, three guesses and the first two or three don't count? Is it about him wanting to emphasize meritocracy in the classroom? Might it have been stated that way? Are you with me? Might it have been stated that uh, it might, might he have said, make meritocracy the standard, make the time-honored classical expectations of education standard like reading and writing, computation, instead of, no, they don't say it that way. This is the way they say it. DeSantis wants to eliminate, guess what? Diversity programs. And then they go into that in more detail. They cite the bill, House Bill 999 and Senate Bill 266. 
And this is what it would do, according to the liberal Washington Post. Build on DeSantis' push to eliminate, I love to say it, you know what I'm going to say, diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives ain't done now and critical race theory from public education the bill they say right they write would prohibit state universities from spending money on campus diversity programs and instruct them to remove any majors focused on CRT or radical feminist theory, among other gender-related subjects. It would weaken tenure protections for state university professors and encourage universities to promote instruction on, guess what? Western civilization. When I went to the University of Florida, we had a freshman class called American Institutions. The textbook was Americanism versus Communism. Really? There it was. Now, you think about this. Why can't critical race theory, diversity, equity, and inclusion promote Western civilization? Why can't it? I mean, How did they get to be so absolutely opposite in the minds of characters like those who controlled the Post and the universities and all? Morgan Freeman. I guess you know who Morgan Freeman is. I loved his role in Driving Miss Daisy. He is the legendary, legendary actor. He was interviewed by the London Times about race. Some of you may know about his comments. I'll go over them here with you. Morgan Freeman says, two things I can say publicly. I get this now, that I do not like. Black History Month. He says that's an insult. The term African American, he says, is an insult. He says that black people have had different titles all the way back to the N-word. 
And I don't know how these things get such a grip. But everyone uses African-American. But what does it really mean? You know, I, I joke with people. I have a sister-in-law who's an African-American. She's born in Liberia. Well, she's an African-American. Furthermore, Morgan says that black people come from a variety of countries across the world. And not just the continent of Africa. He said Irish Americans and Italian Americans are not called Euro-Americans. And he said current society is not dealing with this honestly and putting it behind them. Host Mike Wallace one time asked Morgan Freeman about his thoughts on Black History Month. And he shot back that it was, Freeman shot back, it was ridiculous. It was just ridiculous. Now, Morgan Freeman is 85 years old. And he said, why isn't there a White History Month? Now, Morgan Freeman can say this. A white guy can't say this. Isn't that weird? Why is there a White History Month or a Jewish History Month? He said, I don't want a Black History Month. Black history is American history. So back to my comment here about this commentary by the Washington Post. Why is it that critical race theory, diversity, equity, and inclusion is in conflict with Western civilization? It is Western civilization. Freeman knows this. And you know this quote probably. They ask him, how do you get rid of racism? And he answered, stop talking about it. Stop talking about it. I'm going to stop calling you a white man, he says. I'm going to ask you to stop calling me a black man. He was asked one time, do you think that race plays a part in wealth distribution today? The latest wackadoo thought I heard was that from Budakeg, God, oh God, where they dig him up. He fit a formula, that's why he's in there. Who said that highways, where these highways have been placed by white people, discriminated against black people. The highways are racist. I-75 is racist. 
I-95 graces. Hey, when they put I-75 west of town, it changed downtown Gainesville, eliminated downtown Gainesville. They've never brought it back. It won't come back. Nothing racist about it. to do with wealth distribution and no doubt he would say that applies to where you put roads says he's tired of talking about race every day every single day Can you believe that a guy like that who's got common sense and he's got a reputation, seen a lot, done things, <clears throat> is definitely not on board with this critical race theory and public education and definitely not on board with the fact that it is in somehow conflict with a Western civilization. But the Washington Post has to comment and say the Florida governor is on a quest to eliminate what he calls woke left-leaning ideologies from the same from the Sunshine State. And this is what he's trying to do. I think he's trying to not eliminate, but restore. Instruction on Western civilization, of which race is a component. An education topic uh, in Washington Post is really upset about universal vouchers. Because it's going to open up all K through 12 students, regardless of family income. And the recipients will get a taxpayer-funded scholarship to pay for the private school of their choice. Well, guess what? The public system has got some good things about it. But it's also got some dreadful things about it. That nobody seems to be able to address. I personally believe it all started when the federal government forced busing and broke down the communities. The Washington Post is also upset about this prohibit classroom instruction related to gender identity or sexual orientation in pre-kindergarten through eighth grade. I have no, I, didn't you go to kindergarten? Can you go to elementary school? I had trouble learning the ABCs. I can't tell you, though, that already in the third grade, I had a crush on my third grade teacher.
So I suppose if they'd have pulled me aside, I'd had to take sexual instruction from her. I don't know what I turned out being. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thankfully, she was teaching me to see what she wrote on the board. Cast of characters. They've also got another category here called culture wars. And uh, House Bill 1423, Senate Bill 1438 would keep kids, kids <clears throat> from attending adult live performance. I often wonder, whatever happened to that sign I used to see when I was a kid? Must be 18. Did you ever see that sign when you were a kid? Must be 18 to enter. So this is really not a crackdown on drag shows. I don't think that's the way the Post sees it. I see it as an emphasis on priorities. I don't want to demean to drag. Some of these drag impersonators are fantastic. But you have to be 18. But, yeah. When we get back from the break, I'll talk about what he's doing with this ESG. Don't forget ESG. Those are the environmental, social, and governance considerations. And they are the reason why there's a war with Disney. People are having a war with Bud Light. People are having a war with Nike. But the hidden war is with the way these corporations are being intimidated by the government. You're right back in the Ward Scott Files after our weather break. Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. 
Hey, dads and kids, join head coach Billy Napier at the Gainesville All-Pro Dad Experience, Saturday, April 22nd at 9 a.m. at the University of Florida Sanders Practice Facility and Fields. Learn fatherhood tips and participate in activities with your kids while rotating through stations on the field. It's only $25 per family, so register today at allprodad.com slash events. The Gainesville All-Pro Dad Experience is brought to you by the Florida Department of Education, Dairy Council of Florida, and Tyson. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files gold sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, R&R Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wardscott Files. And remember, if you like the show... Thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth. All bees poop. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Now for the weather brought to you by Lewis Oil. Welcome back to Ward Scott Files. Uh, Professor Ward Scott here in the manly Ward. Oh, man cave. 50 degrees here in God's country. We got a little cold snap, but it's supposed to go up to 82. But no rain. I mean, it's really treacherous right now. I'm watching guys drive down country roads with can't see the pickup for the dust and all that kind of business. Hey, listen, the weather is the weather. But this piqued my interest. I want to share this with you during the weather segment brought to us by uh, our good friends at Lewis Oil. All the Chevron stations. Yes, yes, it's fossil fuel. You know, you heard so many things about plastic. Doesn't biodegrade. You know, the first time we ever heard the word was in the graduate with Dustin Hoffman in 1967. Plastic, young man, study plastic. And, you know, everything's plastic. Well, what do you do with it? It doesn't biodegrade, and it's that one and another. But guess what? The scientists have been studying what is called an 80,000-ton cloud of plastic and trash that's floating in the Pacific Ocean. And they first noticed it and thought, oh, my God, here's an environmental disaster. 
here is an environmental disaster. I mean, what can it be? It can be nothing else. So the biologists went out there and they started fishing toothbrushes, broken bottle shards, what they call the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. But to their surprise, they found them filled with gooseneck marcles, jet black sea aminos. I got to say that word better. They found 484 marine invertebrates from 46 species clinging to, thriving in, nurturing from, the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. Now, this has been reported in the Nature, Ecology, and Evolution publication. The trash patch is a product of circular ocean currents that form whirlpool-like revolutions of water in five stretches of the world's oceans. And plastic and ocean trash are swept into these spaces. So if you take a five-day boat ride from the California coast, which spans over 610,000 square miles, the Great Pacific Garbage Patch is the biggest of these patches. And most of the species in this patch have found a way to thrive in the patch. And they thought, the marine biologists, ecologists, that the species would be struggling to survive. But according to one environmental researcher, they're having a blast. They're all over the place. Pacific oysters, orange uh, ragworms, all these things, they're out there. So the marine biologists say that there's a lot of coastal species that wouldn't have made it in the open ocean if it weren't for the Great Pacific garbage patch, plastic patch. It's filled with sea snails and button blue button jellyfish. And we said they said if we remove the plastic, it would uproot this life. So cleaning the plastic, they say, is not that simple. Hallelujah, somebody with some sense. See, this is this is my point about. Well, it was save the earth first, and then it was. I can't go through all the, the different names with you, but it, it, it was great. It was crazy. So here we are in this culture war, which I've been going through with you. That, believe me, the climate propaganda is part of the culture war. 
Of course, there are other things that the Post is upset about with DeSantis. The abortion ban, which prohibits physicians from performing abortions past six weeks of pregnancy, except in the case of rape or incest or life-threatening complications. Really what that is doing is putting the responsibility for your behavior back on yourself. And they're trying to attack the Supreme Court. We're going to get into that on Thomas in a minute. Because you see, the Supreme Court rightfully said abortion's not in the Constitution. I used to hear people say, oh, well, just put it in the Constitution. No, you don't, you don't just put it in the Constitution. I know you get activist judges who put things in there. But after a while, you get good judges who can think, and they give that paper an F. Of course, the Post is all upset about concealed weapons. And we know that the weapons are not the problem. It's the person who gets his hands on the weapon. And the Post is all upset about a crackdown on undocumented migrants. I read in another publication, just a little bit before we went to the air, that the undocumented immigrants in New York, one of the big problems, we've been talking about COVID. We got anti-vaxxers and vaxxers and all that stuff. We know that. But in New York, they just took one place like New York. These immigrants haven't had any vaccination, particularly they don't have it for polio. Now, anyone who poo-poos the polio vaccine wasn't around when polio was scaring all his kids to death. Absolutely petrified of ever being in an iron alone. Got a viewer who just checked on. He actually was as a demonstration of some sort of concern, I guess, in an iron lung, not that he needed to be in, um, but he was there for another cause, probably. That was the most petrifying thing he'd ever been in. I would re- I would imagine so. Well, well, well. I wanted to go through a little bit of that with you in the cast of characters. Now, what are the ramifications of this kind of treatment? Pick this up out of, um, Holman Jenkins wrote this, I think. Um, identity box checking. This is one of the things that is going on, evidently, in the investment banking world. There now is in it 
a identity criterion if you want to work in the investment banking world. And it involves using the right pronouns. It involves um, re-examining what now is termed rather disparagingly radical meritocracy. And the question is, can Western civilization, in this analysis anyway, which the Washington Post says that DeSantis is trying to defend, can Western civilization, I'll just put this out there for you, withstands this ideology that the Post defends, when this ideology disowns, disparages, demeans American genius, individuality, denounces America's successes, never minded putting its men into the wars. I mean, come on. Disdains merit. Elevates victimhood. Emphasizes societal self-loathing. And when you use the term diversity... And inclusion, you're really talking about ex- exclusion, exclusion, not inclusion. Now, the Supreme Court has been a pain in the rear since Trump, I think it's the most significant thing he did, put some conservative people on the court. David Leonhardt, who writes for the New York Times, and i got to tell you, the New York Times, believe me, I've been interviewed by them, has an agenda, and it's not uncommon that after they interview you, you can't recognize that interview when it's in print. So the New York Times writer goes back to a poll in 2002. Now that's 21 years ago. And starts his article about Clarence Thomas by citing a poll from 2002 wherein the poll apparently said 50% of adult of adults of adults of adults that's a weird prepositional phrase of adults really 
50% of adults said that they had a lot of confidence in the court then. But last year, in the most recent poll, only 25% gave that answer. Really? You think the press had anything to do with that? Do you think the press was different in 2002? The issues were different in 2002? But according to Leonhardt, the Supreme Court is now less trusted than organized religion. Less trusted than organized religion. Organized religion is not comparable to the Supreme Court. I'm sorry, this is the professor in me. So far, this young lad, if he were writing this for me, would have not received above a C. I mean, here's a glaring error in thinking. The Supreme Court is now less trusted than organized religion. Okay, let's see if we can set this phrase aside and define it. Organized religion. Is he saying Christianity? Judaism? Or is he saying climatology? That I mean, come on. It's less trusted than organized labor. Really? That's interesting because we just covered yesterday a beef that a ASO employee has with the bureaucracy didn't tr- that didn't talk, allegedly didn't talk to that employee in the right tone. And who's defending this person who's complaining about not being addressed in the right tone? It's labor. It's the union. The Bill of Rights. It's interesting. So let me see, David, Leonhardt. Organized labor. I got to admit, when I saw this, as I covered it yesterday, as soon as I saw a quote-unquote Bill of Rights, I said, "Uh uh-oh, that's an extension of the union. Oh, well. So from this, they go to the Clarence Thomas acceptance of gifts, and they have to put this in the sentence. Justice Clarence Thompson Thomas's acceptance of gifts from a Wealthy, say wealth is bad. Republican, that's bad. Donor. And Thomas's failure to disclose them. 
And then they go on to conclude that he has, Thomas has misled the public. Let me go over here and get you a different treatment of that very same issue. This is James Toronto has written the truth about Clarence Thomas disclosure. Now, this is the Wall Street Journal. This is the New York Times. Who started all this, by the way? ProPublica. Huge lefty publication. What are they doing here? They can't attack the Supreme Court, but they can smear and get that Jerry Nadler, pencil neck shift, and those people, illiterate AOC, and all them try to get Congress involved. James Taranto says that Clarence Thomas reported carefully, very carefully, his inherited real estate issues. But that ProPublica was slipshod about his careful reporting. and tried to suggest that they were therefore exposing corruption. What kind of corruption? His friend, who happens to be, quote, a wealthy Republican donor, has never had any business before the Supreme Court. So how can there be a corruption? ProPublica has three reporters working on this story. And they are dead set on creating a cloud of suspicion. Now, yesterday, I pointed out that the liar for the three deputies, or at least two of the deputies that are complaining about their treatment, by the bureaucracy of ASO has apparently pulled the same stuff in Marion County. And here's why, if you're a lawyer, it'd be good to do this. I used to see Joe Little do it all the time, a law professor from the University of Florida. He'd come up here and defend Grapsky, who was an absolute pain in the rear. who was a lefty-lefty. And, of course, Little would defend the character, not really expecting to win. But guess what? Expecting to build the city of Lodgeville and get paid. Because the city of Lodgeville, invariably, it would, get, you know, it'd come at the city manager and, and so you'd settle rather than have all this crap going forever and run up the bill. And this guy would make off with, I think, six figures. The same thing with Lachua County. The money to run the sheriff's office comes from the Lachua County Commission. 
if you can stir up, a, if you're a liar and you can stir up enough trouble, enough trouble that they just want to pay to make you go away, you might make some cheese off the Alaska County Commission. The analysis by Mr. Toronto says that any failure of Judge Thomas's disclosures were honest mistakes and he rectified them. But there are all kinds of sloppy writing and reporting in ProPublica. Who makes them rectify what they said? Nobody. <clears throat> Nobody. Except maybe the public. Cast of characters. Cast of characters. There's all sorts of little technical diff- uh, things in here that this character, this writer points out. The ProPublica doesn't, and the, and the Washington Post doesn't. <clears throat> but my point is, <clears throat> Clarence Thomas is a uh, a threat because of his influence on the Supreme Court. And the left hates the Supreme Court. Oh, they go into yacht trips in the New York Times. Oh, my golly. Yacht trips. Missing transactions. Oh, boy. Big lengthy article here. Got to burn up my copy or print the thing off. It's nuts. But I wanted to go through a little bit of this with you today, today so you know what's going on with this cast of characters. Just remember. Learn their names. Learn what they're like. So that you're not duped by them. I think we'll stop there. I was going to go into a Muslim call for prayer in Minneapolis, but I'll do that. Another time. Very interesting. I know the story behind the story on that. And um, just just to preempt you, give you kind of a teaser. Um, Minneapolis uh, became last week the first major American city to promote, to permit unfettered broadcast of the Muslim call to prayer. Which can be heard over speakers five times a day year round. And the Minneapolis City Council voted unanimously to amend the city's noise ordinance to allow that to occur. Huh? I'll go over that in the future with you. Have a great day. Warthog Command Center out.